Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart Peace Podcast, your holistic relationship talk show for gamers. This is episode number two. I am Master Wife. And I'm Master Joe. And our topic today is going to be about meeting new people. But before we begin, let's start with our first segment, Major Heart Piece of the Week. And we'll start with Master Joe. Oh, well, thank you. All right, cool. So my my Major Heart Piece of the Week, we actually got an email. Uh, somebody used our little subscription form on the website and sent us an email. And this email comes from one of my long-lost uh, high school friends. <laughs> uh, which is it's really cool actually and I say That's long nice. lost kind of jokingly um, but at any rate one of those guys that you know you, you maintain good friendship with like you know if you ever talk to them you just kind of pick up where you left off with but you, you know, a long time no talk so long lost friends and he sends us this really really nice message and basically just say congratulations we're doing the Heart Peace podcast and you know he's been catching up and following it and all this type of stuff and and uh, he even said he's been watching some of my streams on the Master Joe Gamer Show on uh, Twitch. And it's super fun. One of the things he points out, and there's a couple of them I'll just pull out of here as what I'm deeming my heart piece. Uh, <laughs> on the stream, he says that he likes the fact that the way I do my stream and the way I play the games and everything and the way I interact with the chat, it's all based in positivity. Because in video games, there's a lot of negativity and mm-hmm. there's a lot of... You know, just in the kind of the way people act uh, when they play games. Like, if they do really well, you can kind of be a douchebag about it. There's one thing to celebrate, and then there's another thing to kind of gloat, I guess. Um, but things like that, um, not being discouraged and, and all that kind of thing. But the other bit that I really like in here is last episode, I was talking a little bit about SC Tuesdays, the um, the thing I started yes. just playing StarCraft on Tuesdays at the bar for adults and stuff. And he points out, I invited him to one of those SC Tuesdays things like years ago, or maybe three or three years ago, I think. And he pointed that out here. And he was just saying that, you know, when I when he showed up to the event, when he got there, he says, you were the same Joe that I remembered because we were friends in high school all throughout. And this, of course, is after high school, um, after college even. And <laughs> this is the same Joe I remembered. Um, he says, I didn't even have a computer because StarCraft is a computer game. Uh, I just kind of hovered around, but you never let me feel too awkward. And he says, at the time, he'd been going through a lot. Um, you were a friend, and I thought I really didn't have many of those left. It was the small gesture from you, but it really resonated with me. And I was just like, oh, man, reading that, it's just, yeah. you like, you know what I mean? So that's me uh, giving a heart piece to my friend. Uh, and, and just now finding out about it years ago, but just the small things you do for people, just inviting people out and, uh, you know, being good to them, you know, yeah. being consistent really, yeah. really goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And you never know like who's watching you. So who's watching. <laughs> and so we're going to talk Tell about that kind of later watching. on and later, later, who's watching me? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that I'm later in episodes. Somebody's watching me. And I got no privacy. Whoa. Sorry. I'm awful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like to sing about the Muna and the Juna and the Springa, but I'm awful. Yeah, really awful. Wow. Um, All right. Anyways, <laughs> on to my major heart piece of the week. Uh, well, this is not anything specific, but I just noticed that um, anytime I, I feel like I'm in a bind or 
um, having some problems while I'm at school or something, I can always go to my friend, like my BFF. I won't say her name on here, but we can she always have shall not to be named. <laughs> we can always have a conversation. She kind of always there to support and encourage me through it all. So I think that was a lovely heart piece of the week. Mm, that's a very uh, lovely and nondescript. Now all of your friends are gonna be wondering: Is she talking about me? Is she talking about me? Am I the one? Am I the one? <laughs> she must be. It must be me. It must be me. <laughs> it must be. It must be. Anyways, now on to talking about meeting new people. Oh yeah. So our main topic today, we're gonna be, of course, talking about engaging and breaking the ice. With new folks, I think this is a very big part of our podcast and uh, definitely a big part of a lot of um, what people have been asking us and, and sharing with us. And it's interesting. We live kind of in this digital day and age where everything is, you know, online. It's uh, all the communications are online. You can make friends and do all this type of stuff relatively easily online. And that's part of it. But then there's a real life aspect of it where we get kind of like stuck on how do I break the ice and like talk to people and how do mm. I, you know, and it gets harder as you get older. I, can, yeah. I always think about being a kid, you know, how do you make friends as an elementary schooler? You find somebody who's in the same sandbox as you as recess and you say, hey, nice castle. I made a castle too. You want to be friends? Yeah. Okay, cool. Or and your parents your set up a play date. Yeah, or your parents set up a play date or, uh, you know, something else happens. But it's very simple. It's very, like, no one is afraid of each other. Like, no one is is scared of what people will think of them when you're, like, you know, eight years old. You know, you just don't have that type of, I guess, preconceived fear built up. Yeah, and I think as we get older, we kind of become more aware of the social norms mm -hmm. as well as uh, become insecure within our own, like, flaws that we think we have. And yeah, others or, or may to... see it personal experiences that you may have had that didn't go so well yeah. or, you know the feeling of rejection and mm -hmm. you know all type of stuff and it, those things affect people differently so we're going to be talking about a lot about that and for my portion of it i'm going to be doing that via animal crossing so <laughs> animal crossing new leaf uh came out for the 3ds i'm a big fan of the animal crossing series i think it's a lot of fun uh, you can really get lost in that game, and it's just incredible. I've always said that the relationships you build with the animals in Animal Crossing are just really, really nice. And um, I even talked about a little bit last episode about how you can kind of create relationships that are similar to that in your real life. Um, but rather than talking about that, I'm going to talk about being the mayor of Animal Crossing. Uh, in this game, you come to town, and rather than just being another citizen like you've previously been in the Animal Crossing games, you're actually the mayor of this town, so you are you know have a level of responsibility for it. But you still get there, you're the new you know mayor on the block, mm -hmm. and you don't know anybody, you're just in this spot, you know, you've got your house, and you've got the little town hall. Your one friend that you have, and this is something that a lot of people should identify with, is having kind of a one friend, uh, is Isabel who is your, you know, assistant at the mayor's office. And she kind of shows you the ropes, gets you situated, introduces you, kind of helps you look to your responsibilities. And she is the principal person who's there for you. Now, this is the thing that a lot of people don't notice about Isabel, and we're going to point out today, is that she is modeling how you are supposed to interact with the other animals. You're the new person there. And it's scary being the new person. I know in going back to elementary school, we had a new kid come into my class. And as 
generally what a lot of teachers would do is they would hook up that new kid with a buddy, you know, uh, uh, an ambassador, if you will, somebody that would basically be their friend. You know, that was their job. And they would show them around uh, the school, introduce them, say, hey, this is where we go for lunch. This is the nurse's office. This is this class. This is that class. You know, here's where your cubbies are and your lockers or what have you. And they would show them around. And they did that so that that kid wouldn't feel so isolated in this new space because that mm -hmm. is that's tough. So Isabel is that for you as the mayor of the new town. She's modeling how, you know, things go. So ideally what you do then is you, you know, take her advice. You begin doing what you need to do. You get your house situated. You start talking to the, um, the animals uh, to try to get some information from them. And this is where the whole idea of meeting people comes from. So in your town, you have six villagers that are there at the start. I think for me, I had uh, Peanut the Squirrel. I had uh, that hamster, Rodney. I had Rocco, uh, who's a hippo. I had Aurora and Cube, who were both penguins. And I had Renee, who is a rhino and is still in my town along with Peanut. I think everybody else... Well, no, Cube is still there. I think they were both eventually moved. But those were the first ones. And they all have different personalities. Peanut was, like, super sweet and, like, a social mm -hmm. butterfly over the top. Very easy to talk to, right? And we know people like that. Uh, Rodney was kind of like, um, a, a jokester, you know, he, he, he liked to make jokes. He was a comedian type guy. Rocco was a bit abrasive. He kind of like said whatever he thought and, you know, it was kind of interesting our interactions with him. Aurora was a nice penguin. Uh, she was a very nice penguin. Uh, <laughs> Cube was very like, I don't know, numbers based. He's like a very mathematical guy. Everything is by the numbers for him. Smart and, guy. Yeah, smart. He's a smart guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that show. And Renee, she was just freaking cool. Like, I think all of her responses were like, hey, yo, 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 what's up, man? Yo, yo. You know, like, she was just cool. She was like Queen Latifah, I swear. And <laughs> uh, in rhino form in Animal Crossing. So you have all these different dynamics. You in real life. you have any, like, like, hard to get along with people because when I played Animal Crossing, I had a few neighbors where I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, Rocco, for me, Rocco and Q were like my hard to get along with ones. Because, hmm. like, I don't know, it was just, it was, they didn't really mesh, mesh with my personality. And that goes along with real life. You know, not everybody's going to mesh with your personality. You're not going to mesh with everybody else. But what you do when you're in a new place, you meet new people. You look for the similarities. You look for the common things that you share with people, and you and you try to break down uh, those barriers of social awkwardness. So for me, Peanut and I got along right away. She's nice. I'm nice. She's outgoing. I'm outgoing. We had a lot of things in common, and it wasn't an issue trying to you know talk to her every day and you know figure out what kind of shirt she wanted or go find whatever she wanted mm -hmm. to get or you know buy things from her. She was cool. She was nice. And I think in real life, uh, I'll give you guys another kind of example uh, about my high school years, which is a very tumultuous time for a lot of <laughs> folks. Um, so I spent two of my years in high school in Maryland, and there were some great years. I, you know, I did elementary school, middle school, and high school all through Maryland. So I got to kind of, you know, stick around some of the friends that I had. Uh, but two years in, uh, my dad. Moved the family to North Carolina because he got a you know he had another promotion kind of thing in his job, so we had to move to North Carolina. He was going to be working at NC State, um, so now I'm in a new high school, new people. I don't know anybody 
at all. And I am all of a sudden the new kid and I've never been the new kid before. You know, I always had somebody from school that I knew. Um, but now I'm in this completely new place, um, mm -hmm. completely new culture between Maryland, like DC area and Raleigh, North Carolina, basically, uh, completely different culture. Um, we have different slang, like people couldn't even understand me, what I was saying. I had to change how I spoke, um, and make a whole bunch of adjustments, but it was very weird being that new kid and that no one knew. My mom decided, uh, because I was in marching band in the high school in Maryland, my mom decided that I should stay in band because that was one of the things I was good at. I, like, she liked me to play music. We had a saxophone, uh, alto saxophone. So I joined the band. The band was very different uh, than what I was used to. The marching band in Maryland was essentially just like drumline, high-stepping, high-energy. You're playing uh, hip-hop music and dancing and doing all this stuff. Very fun, cool, high-energy. The band at Wakefield was one of the traditional core uh, marching bands. Um, so the types of bands you would see at like the parades and such like that, uh, we call them walking bands because it looks like they're walking rather than like, you know, picking their knees up mm -hmm. and marching. Um, but nevertheless, a marching band, but within that band, I was assigned basically a buddy and my one of, I had a couple buddies. One of them, uh, of course came out of my, my line, I guess everyone, every instrument has a line. So I had one friend in there, and then I also made some friends outside of my line. Uh, one of them, uh, Paige, who was in Color Guard, and there was another guy on the drum line whose name was Paul, and I kind of was able to introduce myself with these people. So they then, to me, modeled how things went down there. Mm -hmm. And I you know, was able to sit with them at lunch. A lot of them would eat in the band room, uh, and, you know, I would hang out with them in the early years where I just really didn't know anybody. And I was able to kind of foster myself within that. So that helped because I had a little support system and they showed me the ropes. I, I bring that up to say that you have to recognize the support system because I know a lot of people will feel like they don't have any friends because they don't always count their support system as people who are friends to them. Um, sometimes they'll just say, oh, you just like me because someone told you to or you know, oh, you're just here because you, you know, want to show me the ropes. And then once you show me the ropes and I get it, you'll be gone or, you know, whatever. Paige is still one of my absolute best friends. And, you know, we've been friends forever since then. So you don't want to forget about your support system. That's just really, really important. And you have to remember the lessons that they teach you. So when they, you know, show you how to be, you then need to take that to other people and just model that same thing. So back to Animal Crossing, I meet Peanut, I meet Rocco, I meet Rodney. I then take the uh, responsibility that Isabel gave me to say, hey, you need to go meet these town people, find out what they want so we can start building this town because um, that's your job as the mayor. So I go then and I try to you know, engage with them. I say, hey, what do you think about the town? I start asking the questions and kind of you know, going those routes in the dialogue with them to figure out what they like, what they want. Um, that way you find out that, oh, this one likes this fruit, this one wants these shirts, this one likes that thing, and you can go along and figure it out. But that is how you want to break down with people, uh, break the wall. You can't treat it like an assignment where you just want to, um, you know, get something from them. You have to be genuinely invested in what they like and what they do. And the best way to do that is figure out, do they like the same types of things that you like? You know, if you're really into, 
uh, heavy metal or something like that, or if you're really into a specific type of game like MMO, or if you're really into shooters, you know, you really like Call of Duty, or you really like Nintendo or a certain platform, then find other people that like those things and then just ask them questions about it. That's the easiest way to break into somebody is ask them questions because we as people love to share. You know, we love to share our lives with other people. We love to tell other people what we're into. But that's, we love to do that. So that's super important. Ask questions and, you know, kind of get a feel for what people like to do. Now, sometimes you'll notice, like just with some of the villagers in my own town, Rocco and Q, you're not going to drive with everybody. That's okay. You know, you may just find a string of people that you just really don't jive with, that you really don't mm -hmm. have anything in common with. And that's okay. You know, you can't be afraid of that. You don't want to force yourself to, you know, have to associate with somebody that you know in the long run it's really not going to be a great idea. Mm -hmm. Now, you want to be open. You don't want to be so closed-minded that you, you know, neglect a potential friend. Definitely don't want to do that. But at least kind of know yourself enough to know that, okay, maybe I don't need to invest too much in that person or maybe I don't need to go down this path so far. You know, and, and you can save yourself a lot of headache that way. Um, so definitely want to keep that in mind as well. Those were some great points, Master Joe. And we're going to continue with part two of our topic right after this commercial break. Hey, everybody. Neppy Nuts here to talk to you about the Yoshi Daycare Academy, where our motto is no child left behind. Literally, <laughs> at the Yoshi Daycare Academy, we feature a network of professional caregivers protein-fueled snack times, and wacky transformations into a wide variety of vehicles to entertain the children. Just check out this testimonial from a happy customer. We used to let the Stork Daycare Center watch over our kids, but we were disappointed with their service. The folks at the Yoshi Daycare Academy not only watched over our children, but saved them from a giant monster and brought them back to our house in time for dinner. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We take our work seriously here at the Yoshi Daycare Academy. Here, your child will learn a variety of useful skills, like how to flood a jump, how to control dogs by standing on top of their heads, why you shouldn't touch fuzzy, and, of course, the art of making and throwing eggs. We also include several field trips that we'll take the kids on to broaden their horizon about the world. For example, some of the places on our curriculum this year are Monkey's Favorite Lake, Hop Hop Donut Lifts, and the newly opened and perfectly fine and not dangerous Chomp Rock Zone. Service like this could run you $18,000 a year just for childcare and no field trips, but at the Yoshi Daycare Academy, you get all of those skills, all of the field trips, and of course, the care of our professional caregivers for a low price of 960 red coins a month. As part of a limited time special, all children enrolled during this month will also receive a special yellow power cape at no additional cost. So don't leave your kids in the care of a stooge or a stork. Trust the professionals at Yoshi's Daycare Academy today. Yoshi's Daycare Academy is not a real place, but it probably should be. Welcome back to the Heart Peace Podcast, where we've been talking about meeting new people. Don't you, don't you want to send your kids to that Yoshi's Day Academy, the day school? Seems... Pleasant. Sounds like a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just find some people that want to sign up for that. So in part one, we were talking about Animal Crossing and how you're the new kid in the town mm -hmm. or a new mayor the in new town. Mayor. And you're meeting new people and we're uh, in that game. And now we're going to talk about in real life okay. social situations. So because you want to meet new people or make new friends, 
it's not necessarily because you're a loner. There's many circumstances that can lead one person to want to make new friends. Well, you move to a new location, like Master Joe was talking about in his high school when he had to like transfer to different high schools. Mm-hmm. Also, life, as you get older, you get busy, of course, with work and if you get married or have children or those type of things. Also, you know, shyness or any other type of social anxiety, which is actually a thing, can also, you know, pro- prohibit one from making new friends, right. mm-hmm. and new people. So those are different barriers or different things that can cause a person that want to uh, want to make new friends or increase their social life. So how do we do that is the next question. Well, okay. you know, as Master Joe was referring to in part one, you can try to make new friends by first understanding yourself what do you like to do as a person no i like to play video games you like to play video games Mm -hmm. and eat cake so so let's take that situation with master joe he likes to play games and he likes to eat cake so and pizza and pizza so let's take a situation where he like he started sc tuesdays i did he did they didn't have pizza but they did have cake Well, he started SC Tuesdays, and they they do have a. It was at a bar mm-hmm. um, here in North Carolina, and it was a place you can eat where he could potentially get cake, and yes. also he could play his game StarCraft. Yay! StarCraft. StarCraft and cake, cake and crap. <laughs> so Master Joe actually started this thing where every Tuesday, different people can get together, new people that have never met each other. And he posted it on Facebook or different places. And people got together and they played a similar or a game, StarCraft, and they all had this interest. And that's how Master Joe got to meet different people, right? Well, like, okay, so back on your point. What if, like, what if I'm the type of person that would never, ever, like, take that kind of responsibility, you know, or, like, put myself out there like that? Because, I mean, on the one hand, if I'm going out there and putting stuff on Facebook, like, what if, you know, I'm afraid no one would respond to my Facebook post about it, you know? Well, you don't necessarily have to put on, be the person that puts on the actual event like Master Joe. However, you can search for those similar um, things or events that may occur. So Mm -hmm. instead of starting the SC Tuesdays, you might find another StarCraft group somewhere. Or if you like art, find an art group. If you like cooking, uh, go to a cooking class. And there you can be able to at least put yourself in the position to meet new people. So I'm going to keep tying this back to yes. part one. So yes. in that sense, you then would be like the mayor coming to the new town, <laughs> which was really started by the Isabel yes. that created the group, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Like you're one of the citizens in the in the town as well. Right, okay. Are. I got you. So, and also like... If you're in that event or in that place, in order to meet new people, you kind of have to interact with those people. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't really be just a fly on the wall, could you? Yeah, you don't want to go there and sit at a table by yourself because then they'll just put you in the same predicament of, you know. I I used to go to like the school dance, like back when I was like mad shy about dancing. And uh, I just hang out by the punch bowl Mm because in the movies I watched, that's what like the kids would do. You just hang out by the punch bowl. So I just hang out by the punch bowl, like, yeah, just chilling by the punch bowl. Just chilling by the punch bowl. Yeah, you want some punch? <laughs> like that episode of SpongeBob. <laughs> well, you can also meet people at work. Oh, yeah. And at school. 
you don't necessarily have to go to an event or but meeting people at work and um you can also introduce yourself you know my name is sewing so and i'm interested in these certain things how do you feel about that master joe well that's like the interaction i was talking about before where you know how that process is really simple when we're younger you know growing up as kids and then it gets more complicated as you grow up like like if someone came to me and they were just like, hi, I'm so-and-so, the first thing in my mind is, what are you trying to sell me? You know, because as an adult, like that's what mm-hmm. you expect. Someone comes up and says, hey, I'm so-and-so, and they try to shake your hand. It's like, okay, well, you're trying to, you know, what do you want? You want something from me. And why is that? You know, we don't think that when we're kids, but you kind of mold into that. So we have this little barrier that we built up, I think. Yeah, I think it's it's about trying to get around those types of barriers, honestly. Everybody kind of has to do it, too. It's It's a two-way street. Um, uh, yeah, I'm kind of funny. Like this one time I actually joined a dance class because I was really interested in dance class and I didn't know anyone in there. There were some people that you kind of knew they took the class together. So they already knew each other. And then there were some other. Oh yeah. That yeah. was your, um, what dance class was that? My lyrical contemporary. Yeah. Dance yeah. Class. Yeah. You were trying something. Oh yeah. That was interesting. Yes. Yeah. It was very, very different, but I just decided like, Hey, I want to learn this new you know, type of dance. And so, but it's like you said, it's about if, when you, when you go to that thing or you're at, you know, at your job or you're in your class, you then have to kind of go above the call to do more than just the minimum. Yes. You kind of have to take the initiative. I think that's what it is. You kind of have to take the initiative and kind of take yourself out of this comfortable, like, yeah, kind of your comfort zone. Yeah. Out of your um, comfort zone. And so I took myself out of this comfort zone because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anyone there. I just had to be kind of confident in myself and saying, this is what I enjoy. I enjoy dance. So I'm going here and hopefully I will be able to meet some people on the way. And I actually, one day, you know, we were stretching and um, doing, you know, warm up for your dance class. And one girl I met, I, I actually introduced myself. I was like, hi, I'm, my name is, you know, Master Gloria. wife. I say master wife. I didn't say master wife, but <laughs> <laughs> I just introduced myself and she introduced herself. And then I found out that we had more in common. Like she was in graduate school and I was in graduate school uh-huh. and we, uh, I used to dance salsa. She also loved salsa. So like, as we got to know each other, we get, you know, we became more and more like we got comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. So every time we got, um, well, you shared your experiences with each other. So you became, yeah, more yeah, comfortable. More and even after the dance class, she invited me into a Christmas party. So that also shows you how something small, a small conversation and jumping out of your comfort zone and putting yourself in different environments. You never know who you can meet and just overcoming your own insecurities can help, can definitely help. Overcoming the, secu- the insecurity is hard. Yes, for, for it is people. hard. It is hard. Like I said, social anxiety is a... Well, what do you actual... think social anxiety stems from? Or like, where do you think the phobias or like the, the, the fear of putting yourself out there? Where do you think that stems from? What do you think can be done about it? And like, what would you tell somebody who's dealing with something like that? Well, like, I'm just horrified at that. I might be rejected because I've been rejected so many times. Yeah. They, like, just like you said, you've been rejected so many times. So our mind has been prone to feel like this may be another situation Mm -hmm. that has that occur in a similar manner. Right. And, you know, social anxiety is about the fear of being judged, 
your actions may lead to embarrassment or humiliation and those type of things. And so you have this preconceived notion. And I think that, you know, for some people you can kind of get over it by developing your confidence and just tackling those negative thoughts that may shield you or block you from meeting new people. But in severe cases, you might need to seek um, more mm-hmm. oh, yeah, professional absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Services. If you're like absolutely paralyzed, then yeah, for sure. You definitely want to seek some help. Because that's something you kind of have to constantly work at mm-hmm. until you... Because it's something, if you, after you've done a habit for so long, it's yeah. kind of sometimes hard to break that. Cause, well, like, you know, I think it's a common thing. Because public speaking is still, like, the number one fear in America, right? Like, that's the number one phobia. It's yes, getting up and speaking, speaking in front, in front, of, front people. of people. Because, because we're afraid of being judged. Right. As yeah. in, when we were children, I don't think we knew about those things. We kind of were just having fun, you know? The interesting so part fun. about that, I feel like, is I think we kind of generate that ourselves. The whole like fear of judgment because that's a huge thing for people and meeting new people you don't want to be judged you know you don't want to be but i think that's something we kind of bring on ourselves in a way yeah like have you've been in the crowd you know listening to the person who's talking and haven't you judged them like in your head haven't you thought like oh this person is sounds weird or like oh they're stuttering a lot or you know they look nervous or you know I think I just think that like we kind of create that because we've had that thought about somebody. We think everyone else is going to have the same thought about us, you know? Yeah. So I think maybe if we can better ourselves to not be judgmental ourselves, you know, to not think that way, then we won't feel like people will do that to us because we don't do that to other people. Yeah. And even if you don't judge other people, you may still judge yourself harshly. Mm. You don't necessarily have to look at someone else to feel that you're, insecure about yourself or you you may look at other people and say hey i think they're doing something better than me and so i feel like i'm lackluster and so i think that you kind of have to look in yourself and understand the great things about yourself and want to bestow those great things onto others Mm -hmm. yeah and games is a really easy easy way to do that because Everybody, especially you know, in game in the video game world, everyone has a, has a thing that they like or a thing that they're good at, or you know something or another. So, if you take those types of things and try to find that in common with other people, I feel like it makes those interactions easier. It's easier to break down the, the barrier or the wall. Like if you ever go to a convention, it's so easy to talk to people at a convention. Like you see them at the DDR machine. And you're good at DDR, so you just go and you watch them and say, oh, dude, this is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Or you can get up there and dance with them, you know, in the two-player mode. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's so easy to do versus when you don't have that level of interaction with other people, it can be more difficult because you have to really feel them out and be like, okay, what is this person? You know, what are they about? Are they about what I'm about? Like, are we, do we gel? And that can be tough. But gamers, yeah. man, we've we've got it made. Yeah. You just have to look for that and, and you know, be aware of it. Yeah, it's a community of meeting new people. And potentially making new friends from those people that you meet. Mm-hmm. And so some lasting like general principles of meeting new people to start you on your way. Yes, on your journey. On your journey. Well, yeah, take this. if you want a social life <laughs> and you want to meet new people, you have to take the initiative within yourself. Because you can't always wait for others to come to you. And like, uh, yeah. I remember when Master Joe got out of, out of college he wanted to continue to hang out with his friends and, or do things to meet new people. And so he took the initiative to make things happen, like either go to things that had similar interests, like a Smash Bro event where mm-hmm. he can meet new people, or starting 
um, SE Tuesdays, for example. Yeah, starting whatever it is that doesn't exist for you. Yeah, creating opportunities for you to meet new people. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Also, not feel like feel not to feel like making friends or is tricky. It's tricky to make a friend to make a friend that's right on them. It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. Mm, mm, mm. You could play SSX Tricky and make a lot of friends. <laughs> that game is stupid fun. Yeah. Well, like we made friends when we were younger, even though some of our young experiences weren't probably as fun yeah. making friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to vary. Yeah, it's going to vary. But in general, now it's not that hard to make friends. You can put yourself in places to make new friends. Yeah, and the internet really does help in a lot of ways with that. And it, well, it's good and bad. Good and it, bad. It helps and it kind of <laughs> makes good everything. But it's it's really easy because the internet. I don't want to say it's a non-judgmental zone because it's totally a judgmental yes. zone. But if you're on Twitter and you put you know gamers unite. And then someone comes back and says, yeah, man, you know, like it's easy to just say, yeah, and like have those types of interactions with people and something can come of that. Like I mentioned in the last episode, how I made a friend just because I wanted to find somebody to play Smash Bros with one day and, you know, push come to shove, something happened from there. But it wasn't just, oh, good job. We played Smash Bros. Cool. And then I never talked to him again. Mm -hmm. Like I asked him a question. I said, yeah. So, you know, what part of NC are you from? Oh, you live right there. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, I'm only 20 minutes from there. Oh, so, oh, you moved from this place. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, and then you, you generate this conversation and you can go. So, like Master Rob was saying, it's about taking the initiative. You can't just wait for something to happen. Sometimes you need to make it happen. Yeah, and don't take it personally if someone seems indifferent to you. Mm. Like, because you don't know what situation when you meet a person for the first time. We are always about first impressions, but you ne- you don't necessarily know what's going on in that person's mind or... So you can't always judge a person off of that first yeah. experience. Sometimes, sometimes you can. Like sometimes have you can. Strong sometimes you can. Y'all. Sometimes you can. Yeah. <laughs> but don't be overly picky yeah, with like who judgment. you meet. Yes, because we don't know their background stories. And lastly, be persistent and don't just dis- get discouraged. You know, making new friends can be a journey, but you never know. Like. You look down the road and you're like, look at all these friends I have. It's amazing. Or not even all the friends because the power is not in all the friends you have, mm-hmm. but the in quality, the quality, yes, quality over quantity of those relationships. Doesn't matter how many Facebook friends you got. If you got five million thousand hundred gazillion <laughs> friends on Facebook. But how many of them do you talk to every day? Yeah. Well, with that is our topic today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, man, that's our show? Yeah, that's our show. That's our our show. We gotta go? Yeah, we gotta go. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week when we will be talking about how to maintain and keep all those new friends you just made. Yes, yes. Gonna kind of continue this little baby series on friendship. Uh, Who we can depend on. (laughs) Friends! <laughs> what it was a best it's just, it just worked it, I don't know. it just worked that's hilarious well done well done Mr. White. <laughs> thanks so much to all of our listeners you can find us now on itunes yes the heartpiece podcast is now on itunes coming to Yay. stitcher uh very soon but for now you can listen to us or yeah, you can listen to us on itunes on soundcloud or at heartpiecepodcast.com that is heartpiecepodcast.com well I'm Master Wife. And I'm Master Joe. And until next time, 
Peace out, heart pieces. <laughs> <laughs>